0: 1,000
1: Radio, 1,000, radio. 1,000 radio. 1, Song 1, band. Band. Song Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Top 1000 Radio. This is your host, Chris Nairn. It is Song Battle number 19 and episode number 20. All right, we have today... Gotta Serve Somebody by Bob Dylan, Lion Eyes by The Eagles, Feed My Frankenstein, Alice Cooper, It's Alright by Black Sabbath, and Rocky Mountain Mines by Lost Dog. And we have a bonus uh, playout song from a band called The Metal Birds. Okay, so look forward to that. First up, though, we have to replace Trampled Underfoot by Led Zeppelin. It's being kicked to the curb. And by the way, uh, we're coming up on our 100 song uh, milestone uh that'll happen tomorrow and so what I thought we would do for a special commemoration of that milestone is to uh, bring back a song from the curb i'll uh i'll I'll do a poll and i'll pick uh pick songs that have been kicked out and uh see what the random number generator spits out or I might just use my own. I think I'm going to use my my own judgment because there's, there's a couple of songs that I kind of sort of uh, maybe feel like they, they could make it back in. And, um, and so be looking forward to that. Um, Maybe we'll get some songs back from the curb. All right. I think I'll go by the polls is what I'll do on that one. All right. So anyway, we had Eddie money, ZZ top and the cranberries all trying to get uh into that slot. And Eddie Money got one vote. Again, I don't get the Eddie Money hate. Never understand it. And it's another tie. (laughs) Okay, because we did have some uh we did have some participation over at Twitter. And so just like with the the old other place, uh once you combine Twitter uh once you combine um you know Instagram and some other poll, it all of a sudden you get get these ties it's like american politics or something um so yeah uh zz top got got three at the instagram poll and two at twitter and then cranberries another strong showing at instagram with five they got zero at twitter so um this one was a tie and this time i i chose the tiebreaker based on uh who's been already in the uh uh, who's ever, already gotten a song into the list and the Cranberries have already gotten a song. So this time we're going to go with ZZ Top and we're going to pick the obvious uh, ZZ Top tune, "Lagrange," That's going to replace Trampled Underfoot. And I think that's, you know, it, if you're a, um, if you're a classic rock fan or whatever you want, I don't really care if you call it classic rock or not. Um, I do. So whatever um, it. You know that's that's a good, uh, I'd say Lagrange over trampled underfoot any day if you ask me. So even though that's not exactly how this works, but you know it's not really a song battle between the uh, the Challenger pole and, and and the kick to the curb song. All right, Okie dokie. So without further ado, let's get to our song, song notes. Got to serve somebody. 1979 album Slow Train Coming* by Bob Dylan. The song reflects Dylan's newfound Christian faith and centers on the idea that everyone, regardless of their station in life, ultimately serves someone or something. It won a Grammy for best rock vocal performance by a male in 1980. Recorded at Muscle Shoals Sound Studios in Sheffield, Alabama and produced by Jerry Wexler. In the final verse, Dylan makes a then current but now obscure reference, you may call me RJ, you may call me Ray, paraphrasing the act of comedian Bill Saluga, who performed as Raymond J. Johnson Jr. Dylan's latest top 40 hit on the top 100 peaking at number 24. The song was performed on Saturday Night Live October 20th, 1979. The song was prominently featured in the Sopranos episode House Arrest in the year 2000, and Mountain's version was used in 2021 Sopranos prequel movie The Many Saints of Newark.
2: They long string of pearls, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Maybe a rock and roll legend. man or some high degree thief, they may call you doctor, or they may call you chief, but you're gonna have to serve somebody, yes you are, you're gonna have to serve some.
1: lion eyes 1975 the second single from the eagles album one of these nights written by don henley and glenn fry reached number two on the billboard pop charts and number eight on the billboard country chart it remained their only top 40 country until how long in 2007 2008 a rare feat for a rock band the Eagles received a Grammy Award for Best Pop Vocal Performance by a Duo, Group, or Chorus for Lion Eyes and were nominated for Record of the Year from Info Galactic." The title and idea for the song came when Glenn Frey and Don Henley were in their favorite Los Angeles restaurant, Dantana's, which was frequented by many beautiful women, and they started looking about... Uh, talking about beautiful women who were cheating on their husbands. They saw a beautiful young woman with a fat and much older wealthy man. And Fry said, she can't even hide those lion eyes.
3: eyes, and it breaks her heart to think her love is only given to a man with hands as cold as ice, so she tells him she must.
1: Read My Frankenstein from Hey Stupid, Alex Cooper's 1991 album and his ninth studio album. It's a cover of a Desmond Child and Zodiac Mind Warp song. It went to number 27 on the UK charts. The song's lyrics are inspired by the classic horror movie Frankenstein, with Cooper singing about his desire to create a monster and bring it to life. Guest appearances on the track include Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, Nikki Sixx and Elvira. It was featured in the 1992 comedy Wayne's World. all right by black sabbath 1976 from the band's eighth studio album technical ecstasy written and sung by drummer bill ward tony iomi's acoustic guitar work stands out as a departure from the band's previous sound initially reluctant to sing the song for fear of offending Ozzy osborne bill ward was encouraged by the band to do it in his autobiography osborne praises the performance enthusing He's got a great voice, Bill, and I was more than happy for him to do the honors. It has since been covered live by Guns N' Roses. (laughs) Rocky Mountain Mines by Lost Dogs, released on their 1992 album Little Red Riding Hood. The song tells the story of coal miners in the Rocky Mountains who risk their lives every day to provide for their families. The lyrics describe the grueling work, dangerous conditions, and constant ca- fear of cave-ins, highlighting the sacrifices that these men make to support their loved ones. The song's sound is characterized by its folk-inspired instrumentation and the band's signature vocal harmonies. While the song was not a commercial success, it remains a fan favorite and has been praised for its poignant lyrics and heartfelt delivery. Rocky Mountain Mine serves as a tribute to the hardworking men and women who labor in dangerous conditions to keep the lights on and the wheels turning, and is a reminder of the importance of respecting and honoring the contributions of everyday people. Some
3: say there's ghosts in the hills And they're black as the
2: cold And voices that scream in the night From the deep dark below There was poor ivy on scratch And friends too many to name Who were caught in a thundering landslide
1: And there it is. All right. So let's get down to the scoring. Well, let's do the polls first. Uh, at Instagram, we had three points for got to serve somebody three votes you had. And that's total note. Nothing at Twitter. Lion eyes by the Eagles got three. Nothing at Twitter. All Instagram. Feed my Frankenstein got two votes at Twitter. (laughs) Okay. Zero at, at, uh, Instagram. So it's almost like they're two different worlds there. Um it's all right. Black Sabbath got three at Instagram, zero at Twitter, and Rocky Mountain Minds gets my five uh points because I didn't put it on I well I yeah, I put it on as the fifth song on Instagram. I'm putting it on as the fifth song. Um it's just a little thing I do in my story or my story as my mom would call it. Um, so here's how I came down on the whole shebang, shkaboo. Uh, fourth place, or I'm sorry, second place with four points is going to be It's Alright by Black Sabbath. Um, this is a, uh, you know, different song for Black Sabbath being a ballad. Uh, you know, Ozzy's going to do several and, uh, but Black Sabbath wasn't really known for ballads. It's off an album that is, uh, not a fan favorite. I, 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 I come across fans who really love it, though. Um, they're they usually younger fans. Uh, if you were a, a, a fan at the time, if you were in your teens, early twenties, in the in nineteen seventy six when it came out, um, you probably didn't like it. I don't know if uh, if, if you are, you know, one of those folks. Let me know if you did like it or not. But I know it was it was uh, panned by the critics. But that's the thing about. Black Sabbath is they were always panned by the, by the critics. It's only after they had success, you know, they were always a fan b- band. They were kind of like Rush. They were, uh, you know, um, their, their records sold whether the critics liked them or not. And, uh, this, this one was, was excoriated by the critics, but it also didn't sell well. So that, that's one of the reasons why it's considered like kind of a building block Towards the end of uh, Black Sabbath, uh, their last album, uh, Never Say Die, I think it'll it'll be another um, negative kind of experience for the band. But the the recording of of Technical Ecstasy, they did it in Florida, and you know it was one of those things where it should have been a a good time for everybody because they were kind of chilling out in the sun, and and uh, except for Tony Iommi, the uh the guitarist, lead guitarist, he was. Um, doing producer duty, uh, which was probably his, his choice, but uh, he was, he was working hard and trying to, you know, get Ozzy to do his thing. But anyway, the, you know, it, it's a different song for them. The, the drummer sings it. It has a lot of uh, acoustic guitar in it and piano. And, but it's not a, it's not a ballady song in the sense that uh, the kind of, you know, lush, uh 12-string almost guitar sounds that you hear strumming you know uh later in later power ballads it's a uh, tony iommi is absolutely shredding on the the acoustic guitar on the song i mean go listen to it i don't think the 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 section that i played uh really really gives you an idea of of how he's just he's destroying that that acoustic guitar i mean it's it's pretty uh jaw-dropping stuff and um and so you know it's it's uh it's one of those songs that i don't even think it's a bad album i'm gonna say it's not it's not a good song on a bad album even i i think there's several at least three really good songs on technical ecstasy so i don't i don't know why fans didn't like it i i know why critics don't like you know critics are you know they're mouth breathers anyway um but uh you know it. It's kind of funny because right around that same time, Kiss was coming out with their biggest album, uh, Destroyer, and it, it was their biggest album because of their ballad on their uh, Peter Chris's song Beth. It's a, also a song sung by a drummer. And um, but It's All Right did not propel Black Sabbath into the charts the way Beth did with um, with Kiss. So it's kind of a sad deal that um uh, that this album was not that it didn't do better and but you know things work out and Ozzy ended up going his own way and doing his thing which was good and um it's it's you know it is what it is, right? It's all right. Um and then so that brings us to our third place, Lion Eyes the Eagles. Great song, always one of my favorites. You know, it's uh it's very country and uh, even when I was, was not a country fan, I, 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 I looked the other way when it came to the Eagles, okay? Um, it was all right because their sound was, you know, hey, it was California blah, blah, blah. And, and by the way, they were, uh, I think they were recording, um, it's not this album, but they were recording Hotel California at the same studio as Black Sabbath, I believe. At least I heard something about that. But anyway, um, I don't have any, any, like, you know, big insight into Lion Eyes other than it's just a really cool song. Sounds great. Um, you know, the uh, subject matter, you know, it's unfortunate, but it is, it is the way things were in Southern California then and now, I would imagine. Uh, different scene, though. It's different. Uh, everything's different. People don't go hang out like they used to, I guess, I guess they do. I don't know. I'm not rich. I never was rich. So I don't know where rich people hang out. Uh, I don't know if there's a Dantana's type place anymore, but uh, that's, that's how they used to do back in the day. All right. So that's our third place. Our second place song with two points is going to be got to serve somebody, Bob Dylan. All right. And this one is, uh, you know, it's a, it's different for Dylan. That's the thing about Dylan. And that's, I did, I despised Dylan for years. I didn't, you know, when I was growing up in the eighties, you know, he was, um, and I didn't know anything about his different phases or anything. I just, I knew, Oh, he was some kind of, you know, protest singer, anti-war or something, you know, and I was, I was, you know, I, I would have voted for Rambo for president if I could. And, um, and then, you know, I, I went to a a school, uh, in Southern California in a very affluent neighborhood and we weren't affluent, but, uh, most of the kids at the school were, and, uh, they were all, but they weren't the, um, the kind of affluence you would see back East. You know, this is a Southern California town. It's a, a college town, Claremont, that's the name of the town, uh, college town and lots of, uh, you know lots of old hippies there and lots of people in the that kind of had ties to the entertainment industry and so um so you had a lot of a uh, lot of kids trying to relive the 60s and you know bob dylan this and bob dylan that and i'm like you know what i <laughs> it's like if bob dylan came onto our campus i would have smashed his guitar you know for all i cared uh but then i got you know then I got into it a little bit. I think my entry into Bob Dylan was probably Johnny Cash or maybe, oh gosh, the band, you know, his his backing band became known as the band and they did their own thing. Levon Helm and Robbie Robertson. I think I, I think I was, uh, I bought a Robbie Robertson CD, uh, one of his solo projects. And, and when I, you know, I did. I used to read the the L.A. Times. Um, they call it the calendar section, I think, and that's where all the entertainment uh, news and and opinion. And there was this really. Hor- there were, all the rock critics are really dumb and you know pretentious. Um, Robert Hilburn was amongst the worst of them, but you know I, I would read them anyway because what else you going to do, right? Back then we didn't have the internet, so I would. I would read uh, all of those those uh, rock critics pretty religiously, and um, oh, he was always singing the praises of Dylan. And um, so I don't know, I don't know what what got, but eventually I I made my peace with Bob Dylan, like like a lot of these things. Um, and I then I you know I think somebody left a, a, a biography of his in our break room at work one time and I was down there just killing time when, one, one day I, you know, when I, especially when I started coaching, it was like, sometimes I would have three hours between, you know, when school got out until, you know, we had to start practice. So sometimes I had lots of time to kill. And so I started reading up on it and I learned about his, uh, you know, his different, you know, the way he, he worked in kind of phases. And, um, so this one was from his born again Christian phase which always intrigued me. It's like, you know, Bob Dylan came out and did his protest music and all that stuff and all the hippies loved him, all the, you know, the people with radical politics loved him. And then then he comes out and he plugs in his guitar and goes electric and people freaked out. Now, I know there's some uh some disagreement about what that was about. Like some say that you know they were angry because they couldn't hear because it was so loud or whatever. I, I don't know, but I know that people got upset when he when he plugged in and started and went electric, but then they they started grooving with that and and then he would change, you know and, and so when he when he went you know Christian and started doing you know uh, uh, actual um, in kind of on the surface Christian records. In the late '70s, early '80s, uh, people got upset about that, but uh, got to serve somebody. Did really well commercially, and it did well critically. He won awards for it, and um, you know, John Lennon didn't like it. He he, uh, I think he he wrote a song called "Serve Yourself" in in response to it. Um, you know, it's like I, it, I would I would like to sit down with John Lennon and ask him what in the world are you you know what do you think he meant what do you think bob dylan meant you know it's it's an ancient concept you're either going to serve uh god or you're going to serve the devil okay and if you're serving yourself three guesses i'll give you three guesses to who you end up serving if you serve yourself okay only three guesses though so anyway that's uh that's got to serve somebody and I like that song. I really do. I, I you know it, it's not higher up on the list because the other songs are are better but um but it you know it's it's a it's not one of my it's not my favorite Bob Dylan song, but it's right up there and uh, and so that one's gonna stay. And then it brings us to our winner and our loser. Um, you might have already guessed I'm gonna go ahead and give Rocky Mountain Minds the win. Um, feed my Frankenstein gets kicked to the curb. It's kind of tough though. Kicking feed my Frankenstein out. It's not one of Alice Cooper's classic songs. Uh, you know, it's not, uh, 18 or uh billion dollar babies or, uh, schools out or whatever. Uh, but it is, it, it is, it does kind of like, you know, have good memories for me because it's from, <laughs> it's from Wayne's world. Uh, you know, that was, that was a great movie back in the day. And, um, and that was a cool scene where they go and they go and, uh, meet Alice Cooper after, you know, after the show. And, you know, he's just wanting to talk about the native Americans mm-hmm. and, uh, trivia about the socialist mayor of Milwaukee, and, you know, stuff like that. But I, that's really Alice Cooper. That's the thing is I grew, I grew up with, uh, uh, Go into like these youth um, conventions, uh, Southern Baptist kind of thing, and and the stories they would tell about Alice Cooper, you know, were just awful. And and I come to find out that a lot of that they were conflating with other artists like Frank Zappa and people like that. Um, Alice Cooper was, you know, he was a wild man in the seventies, uh, especially early seventies. Drank a lot, did a lot of crazy stuff, um, but he got he got straight pretty quick. I mean, he he's, I forget what it was in the seventies when he quit drinking and, um, he went, he's, he's a church going man. He's a born again Christian. And, uh, uh, you know, you may not get it, uh, but he, the way he describes his stage show, it's vaudeville. It's, uh, it's, it's theater and all of his songs are, um, maybe with the exception of something like this, since it's a cover song, but it, all of his albums are kind of like these little stories and, and the songs fit in there. And, the, you know, he's a character, Alice Cooper's a character. His real name's Vincent Fournier. And, um, and so the Alice Cooper character is like this, this villain. He, he, he kind of took it from like pro wrestling where, you know, you, you you know, they get to have, you know, the, the, the heels in pro wrestling get to have all the fun, (laughs) you know, the, you know, the, the baby faces, the good guys, you know, they're, they're just kind of, you know, out there playing it straight, but the, the heels, they really get to dig in and, and, uh, you know, work, work the crowd and do all that stuff. And so he, that's kind of what he was going for. And, um, and some, some people take that as, oh man, he really believes in sacrificing people and blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's not what he means. Um, but so yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He's got a great, great radio show that he does. Um, I think daily. And, uh, he has, he has all kind of his story about when he met Elvis. I, I'm going to save that for another day, <laughs> but I love, I love his, uh, his story about when he met Elvis. All right. So let's talk about the winner, uh, Rocky Mountain Mines, um, one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite obscure bands, lost dogs. And I told the story in the last episode about seeing them live. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about, about these guys, but it's kind of interesting that, um, I had, li- I was listening to, uh, Daryl Cooper. He's got a podcast called Martyr Maids podcast. I think I've mentioned it before. And he did a series and he, I think he's still in the middle of doing the series called who's America. And, in the first, I don't know, two or three episodes, he covers the, uh, the coal mine wars of the early 20th century, the 1920s. And, um, some stuff that I'd, I'd never heard, before. you know, I, and I teach, I teach this, uh, the subject, I, you know, I teach about, uh, the coal mining strikes and stuff like that in my, in my history class. And, um, but he goes. I mean, Daryl Cooper goes really deep man, on rabbit trails. I don't agree with him about everything, but but this one really really struck me. Um, the 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 lyrics of this song kind of mirror what what he was talking about and how. Because I guess what got me was this the, this this aspect of it that the people who lived in App. I know the song is called Rocky Mountain Mines, and we're not talking about the Rocky Mountains here. We're talking about the Appalachian Mountains. Um, the people who lived in West Virginia um, and down into, I guess, Kentucky, were living about as close to an ideal as you can get. All right, before the before the Industrial Revolution or, or before the Civil War, okay, these people lived as about a, about as free as you can get. Okay. Everyone, everyone had either had their own land, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to a hundred acres. They, they worked when they wanted to work. They worked when they needed to, but it wasn't on somebody else's schedule. They did. They just did the work that they felt they needed to do. They, they farmed, they hunted, they fished and they were free. No one, no one owned their land, but them okay and they they grew up that way and they grew up knowing that someday i'll have my own farm and uh you know i'll be able to raise my family on my own farm because that's that's what had been happening for uh, a century and a half and then the civil war changes everything after the civil war the the mining companies start moving in and it's a process. It takes decades, but eventually they buy up everyone's land. They start offering these free people money that these people think, okay, the money is going to make them better off. And they come to find out eventually that, that no, it's, they, they become essentially slaves to the mining companies living in the mining town, in the mine company towns where, um, where these these big corporate mining companies essentially paid them so little that they couldn't possibly have any power, and they would do they would do things that actually, these companies would actually lose money just so that they could keep people powerless. Things like letting them own their own homes. It would have it would have cost the mining companies less money to let the miners just buy their own homes but they didn't want to do that they wanted to keep control over them so they would spend the extra money to you know to get that control so anyway that that you know after listening to that series and and um you know uh you know I, that song was always going through my head as i listened the, the you know there's a little uh, monologue in in the middle of the song where you know the the um narrator talks about you know the cycle of your father going into the mind and dying. And then when is it going to be my turn? You know? So, um, it's a sad song, but it's also, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's a very American song. It, it really does, um, encapsulate that experience. So I suggest, highly suggest you go look at it or go listen to it. Okay. So that does it for the song battle, and now we need to discuss or we need to talk about who's going to be the, uh, the replacement. This is a good one, okay? This is a good uh, challenger's poll. All right, we've got our first appearance by the Steve Miller Band. All right, I mean, I, I haven't listened to the Steve Miller Band in a while, but man, we used to wear that slap out. Back, I mean, going back to when I was a kid. All right, all the way up through high school, and I mean, wore it slap out. So um, I'm excited to see how they do. I'm pretty sure, though, they're ugh, knowing knowing Instagram like I think I do. It's probably going to come down to ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, that's a tough one. Okay, now the third entry um, probably doesn't stand a snowball's chance. Seven Mary Three don't have a lot of hits. Uh, one really, really good song, really, really good song. Um, but they probably don't stand a chance against the other two. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. All right. Okay. So to, Oh, and let's, uh, talk about tomorrow's song battle. We have don't ask me no questions. Leonard Skinner in your eyes, Peter Gabriel, his first uh, time on the, on the show. Uh, all for one striper, they get back in there. Another Elvis tune, blue suede shoes. And for the first time on the list, heart with straight on. Okay. Uh, uh, an absolute banger. All right. So be looking at the polls. Let me know, uh, if there's a problem you're having with participating in the polls. If you, if you would rather me put the polls somewhere else, let me know. Um, but other than that. Let's play us out with a tune by the metal birds. I think this one is called, Oh, I got to look it up. This one is love and money. All right, guys have a good one.